All right. Maybe you didn't hear anything of what I said. I'm going to say all of that again. Amen. All right. Well, I'm, I'm excited to be with you guys here today. I think God is good. Uh, his mercy endures forever. And we're going to get into the word today. I have a very important topic for you. If you just logged on, if your family kind of told you to, to, to get on, this is, this is good. Uh, because I believe the Lord has a special word for you today. And we really want you to pay attention to these scriptures and the things that I want to bring to you. So don't, don't even uh, wake up the kids, bring everybody to the TV. Uh, I'm not going to explain things today that are super complex. Maybe some things are. But, you know, if you have kids, you can definitely explain some things to them. We are living in a time where we have a great challenge, but also a great opportunity at the same time. And throughout these days, you're going to hear a lot of things. And we want to talk to you about the things that you should pay attention to, the things that you shouldn't pay attention to, especially those that are of the household of faith. So if you have faith, your faith cannot stay dormant at this time. If you believe in God, that faith has to now transform into something that has to do with taking action. And perhaps uh, you're in a situation where you're thinking, well, what do I do if, if I have to you know, stay home? And some folks have not stayed home almost ever. And so what we want you to do is to understand that in any situation, in any circumstance, God wants us to remain vigilant. He wants us to pay attention to the times and to the things that are going on. Amen. So. With that being said, let's pray, let's gather around, and let's get into the word of God. Father, we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that your word may never go out and come back void. It is almost illegal in the spiritual realm. When your word goes out, it catches its target and it speaks to it. We thank you, Lord God, because your word has found us, and we are now partakers of the word of God and of your grace. I pray, Lord God, for every household. Watching, I pray, Lord God, for every child, for every man, for every woman, for every boy, every girl, every elder that we have. We come together as a community now, praying together, where you said that if my people will call by my name, who are called by my name, they would humble themselves and pray that I would hear and I would heal. Thank you, Lord, because your ear is not cut off that you can hear the prayers of the saints. We thank you because your arm is not short that it cannot reach. We thank you because you listen to us, because we are your sons and your daughter. You have called us the body, the body of Christ, and you are the head. And I believe, Lord God, that working together through this time of crisis, we could all make it through. We thank you, Lord God. Today I pray that you may bless every believer and those who are not believers, that you may give them opportunity, Lord God, to listen to the word of God. So they may have a chance, Lord, to experience you on a one-on-one -on -one and personal way. These things, O oh God, we pray in advance, knowing that you will do it. We pray, O oh God, for all of our family members who are feeling ill. All of those, O oh God, that we know perhaps that have contracted the virus, those that we know and those that we don't know. We pray for the medical staff. We pray for the hospitals. We pray for our governors. We pray, O oh God, for the president. We pray, O oh God, for those that are in government that have something to do with the solution. We pray, O oh God, for our doctors, for our scientists that the community, Lord God, of those that can help can bundle themselves together, put the greatest minds together, and beat this thing in the name of Jesus. We continue, Lord God, to pray for our law enforcement officers, firemen, Lord God, and all those who are first responders. Give them the strength, Lord God. Give them the attitude that it's going to take to push us all the way through. We pray, Lord God, for all those workers that are working right now tirelessly 
in Walmarts or God in Targets and supermarkets trying to restock shelves or God that are going all the way empty, being frustrated perhaps with their hours. On the other spectrum, Lord God, we have people who are frustrated they're not going to work and perhaps gotten laid off. Bring solution, Lord God. And for the church, Lord God, give us the attitude and the spirit and the hunger to pray because all these things we can do something about. So we ask you, Lord God, for these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. I know you said amen at home. I want you to, I want you to open your Bibles and we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6. Starting at verse number 10, I'm going to go to verse 18. Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 18. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Amen. I hope you grab your coffee. I hope that you are comfortable. Some of y'all watch. I'm jealous of you. Some of y'all watching while you're still in bed. Isn't that, isn't that great? I can't tell you how many times I grew up in the 90s going to church wishing that there was a service that I can watch while I was still in bed, you know, waking up early on a Sunday morning. But uh, for, for the time being, this is what it is, and we'll take advantage of it. I want to remind you that uh, for those members of the House of Worship, remember, remember your church, right? We continue with the obligation and the opportunity to give a seed, to give our tithes and our offerings uh, as we can. For those that, that, are, that are struggling, um, and perhaps you, you know, understand that everything works together. And so we ask you that you may continue to give, right? If you're still blessed and the Lord has put that in your heart, uh, then understand that the church will continue to do what it has to do. But we still need your support. We need your support. We need your love. We need your prayers for us to continue to share the word of God as we always have. I also have a, a great announcement that I'm going to uh, let me just go ahead and announce that now. What we want to do is not only do this on Sunday, but I'm going to go ahead and add a, a, a midweek prayer and service and Bible study. And that's going to be on Thursday night. So we want you. Yeah. We know you ain't going nowhere else. <laughs> and so uh, we this is an opportunity that we're going to have. And I want to bring the word of God to you. I want to, you know, as, as I'm in constant prayer before the Lord, he's going to be downloading a lot of things as. He has so all the, the pastors and leaders basically all around the world, the world. And as CNN and Fox and MSNBC, they have their own broadcasts and their own news that they put together. I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit also has his own broadcast. He also has his own feed and his own information on the things that you need to do and where your heart needs to be. So so don't put all of your attention on the world and their news cycle and then not put any attention on what is happening in the spiritual world. There's a lot of things that are happening in the spiritual world, and so I want you to, to pay attention to this, uh, to what we're doing here as kind of a, uh, a spiritual ear that you're going to develop so you can understand what the Lord is doing in the midst of his people. Amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. 
having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance. Hallelujah. I, I want you to highlight that last part right there. Being watchful to this end. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end. So there is a need for you to be watchful. That, that prayer is not just about praying and walking away. But here, the Apostle Paul is warning the people of Ephesus that it is important to pray, but it's also important to be watchful. So you ask, watchful of what? Watchful He's talking about the times that they were living in. They were living in times where Christianity was illegal. They were living in times where Christianity was outlawed. And so they had to be watchful of current events. They had to be watchful of what they hear. They had to be watchful of the laws that were changing, some in their favor, some against them. They had to be watchful of who was in power and who was not in power. They had to be watchful of the leaders that were rising and the leaders that were falling. They had to be watchful over the flock and how it was growing, how it wasn't growing. They had to be watchful over their health. They had to be watchful over plagues. They had to be watchful over pandemics. They had to be watchful over all the things that would come because as, as he is telling them, we are wrestling with powers. We are wrestling with principalities. We are wrestling with things that are bigger than the things that you see. So while the things that you see can be effective, they can also be smoke screens for something else. And so sometimes they might get distracted because a leader was persecuting the church, but there were some things that were there were some things that were behind that. Perhaps there was a leader who was bitter. Perhaps there was leaders who 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 had a, an axe to grind and so they started to put things in order and they had second agendas. They had to watch for these things. And so even as we pray, we still have to be watchful because one of the things that you're noticing here in our time as, as we are battling COVID-19, as we are battling the coronavirus, you will not only hear about the coronavirus. Now, as people get more comfortable with the narrative, you're going to start hearing other things. You're going to start hearing theories. Where did the virus come from and who started and how was it and what's the meaning of it and who's plotting against this and who's trying to start a new world order and, and how, how things are going to shift. And if you sit there all day and you just let your brain kind of glide and you do not pay attention and you just drift, then what's going to happen is you will also get sucked in to a system that has nothing to do with this virus that we're fighting. This virus that we're fighting has a scientific end. The virus is doing what everything does. It is trying to survive from host to host. It works like pollen. Pollen buds up on a plant and is hoping that the bee will take the pollen and transfer it to somewhere else so it can continue to cross-pollinate. And so that, that is part of nature. And so we don't want it there just like you don't want vermin in your house. The vermin can go somewhere else, but once it's your house, you have to rebuke it and take measures because you don't want pestilence in your house. And so if there's an influx of insects, you want that thing out. 
And, 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 and you have the right because God has given us dominion that what we do not want in our territory, we can cast it out. That is, that is the spiritual law, and that is the first human right that God has given to us. Let us make man in our image. Then he says, let them have dominion. And what kind of dominion? We have dominion over everything. We don't have to chase an animal and bite it uh, and, and pull it down with the rest of, our, uh, rest of our family like the lions do. We can take a gun and shoot it. We can trap it. We can, tr- we can trick it. We can, raise, uh, we can raise animals. And I know perhaps if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you don't want to hear this conversation. But I'm not talking about your diet. I'm talking about mankind. If you are a vegetarian, we have the ability to grow things without seeds. We can, we can make uh, better crops. We can uh, uh, manipulate certain situations so that we can make things grow in areas where they would never grow. We can create greenhouses in the desert and where there is no, uh, there, there is a lot of wind. And if you go in the desert, you will see that it's not supposed to grow. But you can create a greenhouse right in the middle of a desert, bring some water in, and you can have tomatoes growing in the desert because we have dominion. We can take environments from here and put this environment over there. We can create a ship and we can thrust this ship into space where we are not supposed to be. We have no business. We, were, we weren't created to live on the moon, yet we got there and we had people take footsteps there just to prove that it can be done. God has given us dominion. If enough people get together behind an idea, we can do anything. And God has given us this right and this ability to do so. So when it comes to fighting a virus, when it comes to fighting a disease, when it comes to fighting anything that attacks us, we have the dominion and the right to push back. Amen? So that's why we pray for those that are doctors and scientists. And and, and we pray that we may remove red tape. Right now, they were lobbying with the government because... A lot of those masks that you would see that would sell perhaps in Lowe's or Home Depot, the, the, the N95 masks, hospitals legally cannot get those masks and work with them. So they had to deregulate it so that the mask, even though the, it's the same mask, but it has to be labeled a certain way because if it's not labeled that way, this company cannot sell that to this or there's going to be lawsuits involved. So guess what we decided to do? Lift those Bands, lift those red tapes so that way you can go ahead and, and just go straight to fixing the problem. How? Why? Because we have the ability to do it. We can do whatever we want. We can create laws. We can change laws. We can change our mind about something. We can go from a democracy to a communism. We can go from socialism. We can do whatever we want. That's why we have a system of voting. That's why we have the ability to make our decisions and we can change the world as we see fit. All of this is in our hands. But while we have people that are meaning to do well, you will also have those that are meaning to do evil, that want to cause division and confusion and fear and doubt. And you know that the enemy is behind it when he starts to cast doubt on even what God is able to do. Amen? So, so the title of what I'm talking about today is Don't Sleep on This. That's the title of today, Don't Sleep on This, because... While people are praying for this to end, other people are praying for it to continue. While some people are overloaded with work, other people are getting laid off. And while some people are thanking God, thank you, Lord, I still have a job, 
Other people are saying, God, what happened? I thought you had my back. And so we can't sleep on this because what's going to happen is as things don't change, as news gets worse, you start to forget the truth that, yes, a vaccine is inevitable that is going to be created. It is inevitable that we will find a solution. We have found a solution to everything else. We are working on everything else. But if you don't watch, what's going to happen is that you will succumb to the plan of the enemy, which is to destroy mankind. I want you to understand that he does, the, Satan does not want to destroy Christians only. He wants to destroy mankind. He wants to destroy those that are saved. He also wants to destroy those that are not saved. And it is actually more interesting for him and is more viable for his plot to, yes, attack those who are saved, but most importantly, to not give a chance to those that are not saved. For Jesus died and the purpose was that so all men would be saved. So once we come into the kingdom and we decide with our hearts, as the Bible says, we believe, and with our mouth we confess Jesus Christ as Lord, we are saved. And our faith in Jesus starts to rise and it grows. Once we get to that point and the blood is covering you, Satan has lost control. He lost you and he won't be able to get you back. He'd have to go straight up to Jesus and rip you out of his hands and that is never going to happen. He can't get close to him, he cannot rebuke him, and he cannot move Jesus. So once you are his, you belong to him. If you make mistakes, if you fall, if you utter, if you backslide, yes, will he chasten you? Of course he's going to chasten you. Okay? But he will not condemn you. There's a big difference between correction and punishment as a son and being castigated and cast out as one who does not belong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says that anyone who he chased, he loves. And the reason why we know we are not bastards is because he takes care of us as sons. And let me tell you something. Sometimes you go in more on your own children than if it's somebody else. Because what you want for them is you want the best. Now, if you let your mind wander, you start thinking, you start feeling terrible, start feeling, well, you know, I messed up. I didn't do things right. The Lord doesn't love me anymore. You cannot be further from the truth. But it is possible for the, for the Lord to love you and be upset at what you did. Is that possible? Absolutely. It is possible for the Lord to love you, to have your back, and not be in agreement with the things that you're doing. And he will allow certain things to happen. But what he will not allow to do is to let you go. He, will, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. you uh, yeah, am I right about it? He's not going to promise you not to leave you. And then three cigarettes later, he says, I'm out of here. I, I, I'm out of here. I told you not to smoke. I told you not to drink. I told you not to do this. So, you know, what? I'm leaving. You are messed up, but you are his mess. You are jacked up, but you belong to him. And so you, you have to understand that the problem is with our emotions because we let our emotions get out of control. And sometimes our religious leaders and our culture is stuck on punishment. It is, it is 10 times easier for me to keep a flock by fear by telling them, listen, uh, uh, if you make a mistake and God comes back, you are, you are staying. And, and I will use the scripture 
to prove my point. I'll bring scripture to talk about the ten virgins and five had their lamps uh, uh, ready with oil and the other five didn't. And they were foolish and they went out and they had their, their, their lamps. And when the bride, when the groom came in, they were left out. And I can use that scripture to prove to you that if God comes back while you are in sin, you're left out. But that would make me wrong because I'm taking that scripture completely out of its context. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And this happens all of the time. You know when it doesn't happen? When you listen to the Spirit of God. When you start listening too much to people and you start getting drew, you fall asleep and you just, you let your mind wander because fear does that. Fear starts to look for words in people to address what you're feeling inside. So if you're feeling that God can leave you, as soon as someone says something that clicks, you're going to receive that into your spirit because fear has already made you cloudy. Amen? So the greatest enemy that we are facing right now is not COVID-19. It is the fear of the COVID-19. The, the, the disease itself is one thing, and it is a biological problem that has scientific resolution that can be altered by faith. So it is a situation that can be under control. Okay? And for the most part, that has its own job and function to do, and our whole nation and the world and all the scientists are trying to find a way, not just to kill this one, but to kill everyone coming behind it. Plans are going to be put in place that if a plague or another outbreak ever comes, that we're able to handle it. So this is a wake-up call for all of our systems. And everything that can be shaken, everything that comes loose, is going to have to get revamped. And what we need to worry about as a church is what is going to happen when the world is shaken and they realize the church didn't fall apart. Or are you ready to represent the gospel that doesn't fall apart? Yeah. Are you ready to be proud of what you belong with? You belong with the circle of the saints preaching the gospel of peace and love to a world that needs it. But you're going to have to get on your game. You can't sleep on this one because now's the opportunity for us to be as helpful as we can. Now, I want to talk about something today I think is very, very important. Let's talk about fear. Let's talk about anxiety. Because this is something that you might not suffer from, but you are six, de six degrees away from every human. And somebody in your connection has fear and has doubts. Now, we know that God is not the author of the fear because in 2 Timothy chapter 6, chapter 1 and verse 7, God, for God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and of sound mind. In ESV it says self-control. Look at what it says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. For there is no fear in love, but love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Right? So what, what, what is, how do we translate this into science? Love casts out fear. Now, not just any love, perfect love. Now, we know that we cannot be perfect in a lot of things. 
However, the Bible says, be perfect in love. Okay? Which means, dealing as a person, I'm going to fail. Dealing as a person, I'm going to make mistakes. But it says, dealing in love, be perfect in love. How do I be perfect in love? Number one, I cannot give you my love because my love isn't perfect. In order for me to offer you perfect love and for me to be perfect in love, it cannot be my love. It has to be the love of Christ, which is an unconditional love. And I want to tell you something. Be careful because some, some people that even are Christian do not practice perfect love. They have a problem with perfect love, especially if, if you're hung up on fire and brimstone, if you're hung up on punishment theories, if you are, pun if, if you are focused on, hey, you, you, you better not let the Lord catch you with your, you know, with your hand in the cookie jar, he, you're going to be left behind. So all those things, this, you have to understand, how does Jesus talk? He cannot say, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, and then tomorrow he's condemning he said, the world is condemned already. There is no need for, for me to come with condemnation. I came to give you life and life in abundance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And this is something that we have to adopt and understand. How do I know this? Because the evidence of what the word says, not the evidence of what somebody said on YouTube. Not the evidence of what somebody said on the Internet. Not, not, not what somebody took a class and, and they went to some university and the, and the instructor taught them this. Because most people that have a negative belief did not come to a conclusion by themselves. Most folks were influenced by a teacher. They were not influenced by the word of God. That's why my job today is to teach you the word of God, not to teach you my opinion. To, to have you understand that Jesus cannot say this and then contradict himself. Amen? And if you let the spirit speak to you, the spirit does not contradict but you cannot expect to not be taken as a fool if you listen to people and don't read the word. Okay? You cannot listen to a doctor and not read the report. You have to do both. And sometimes you have to tell your doctor, wait a minute, but this says this. Okay? I'm afraid of people who hire an attorney and do, and do not study the law. That is the biggest mistake you can make because your attorney's not perfect. He doesn't know everything. So he's defending you against the law. You ought to take two seconds and say, you know what? Let me go ahead and read these charges. Let me go ahead and read this, 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 uh, this lawsuit. Let me go ahead and read this to see if this defense is appropriate. But when you're lazy or you are in fear, you do not read the charges against you. When you're in fear, you don't, your mind is not working well. So if I tell you, listen, you, you, have, you have cancer, the first thing you do is to be afraid of it and think about what is the worst thing that can happen. Okay? Those who do not succumb to fear, their mind is still open to go back and read. Okay, let's read what this is about. Because either I'm going to be afraid and die or I'm going to take action and try to do something against it. Somebody wants to take away your house. They want to take away your car. Don't you think that you should read the laws of how debt works? Can they even do this? And so you have to, you can't sleep on your emotions. You can't your, your, let your emotions go out of control to the, to the point that you don't, you don't control your mind. And this is what the scripture said. I have given them power, love, and self-control. 
to control the situation. Instead of making it be so loud, you have to condense it, bring down the situation. I see, I see people in the street walking with masks, and there's nobody within 100 feet of them. Walking in the middle of the street with a mask, there's nothing to touch, nobody sneezing on them, nobody coughing on them, and as everyone has made fun of through every mean possible, the pandemic of the paper toilet and the toilet paper. Because they didn't read how this works. So somebody had convinced everyone that the toilet paper is going to run out. That was enough. Nobody went to reading, okay, how does this get contracted? What do I really need to do, right? And then so everyone who has, who's a doctor, thought it was ridiculous. But to the average person, it made perfect sense. If I can't go anywhere and they're going to run out of toilet paper, I got to go get the toilet paper. So they got the toilet paper and they didn't buy Tylenol. They got the toilet paper, but they didn't get no vitamin C. So the shelves were full with immune system medicine. And the toilet tissue and the paper products were gone. Because once fear sets in, it starts messing with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fear will also destroy the main thing that we need in these times, which is your immune system. Fear will mess up your immune system. Fear was given to us by God for survival. Fear of heights is natural. Fear of strange noises is natural. Because you don't have eyes in the back of your head, if you hear a rock falling from above, fear sets in, and a, a shot of adrenaline comes in so you can move out of the way. So you're alert, your alarms go off, and it starts looking for the noise. If you get to an edge, your body wants to jump back because it says, wait a minute, there's a height here. And I could die if I don't move. If you, if you feel the ground coming out from under, you understand you're in quicksand, you have to do something quick. Let me back up. Let me tell people not to come over here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you jump in water and you don't know how to swim, you realize, let me stay on the edge. I can't go deeper because I, so there's a fear that keeps you alive. But if you stay in that zone and you don't come up off it, guess what happens? Let me ask you a question. What happens after you drove your car all around? You come out of your car, you turn off the carpet, you leave your headlights on. What happens the next morning? Car don't work like it's supposed to because you killed the battery. While the car was running, the battery was being charged and the lights were on, no problem, functioning perfectly. Speed up, slow down, brake. You park that car and those headlights have no reason to be on. They will drain the energy out of your car. So it happens with your headlights, so it happens with you. Okay? If you don't need the fear of survival and you go to sleep and you leave your headlights on, you wake up in fear, go to sleep in fear. Wake up in fear, go to sleep in fear. Wake up with anxiety, go to sleep with anxiety. Except you don't need the anxiety and you don't need the fear. Guess what happens with you? 
your body can loses its ability to recover. And if your body cannot recover, my immune system goes where? Goes down the tubes. Because every ounce of energy from my body is transferred to heal itself from the damage that I'm doing by having to constantly find sources to recharge. So everything that I eat, every, everything goes into storing because now I realize I will always need to be in this repairing mode. There was a report done by a doctor. Her name was uh, Mary D. Moeller. She was the associate professor at Pacific Lutheran University School of Nursing and the director of psychiatric services uh, for the Northwest Center of Integrated Health. She did a report, this is in 2007, there was a conference of Neuroscience Education Institute. And in one of the sessions, it was her job to talk about what happens when fear comes over you. She said, fear is a feeling that is internal and it is conscious. It arises when sensory systems in the brain have determined an external stimulus poses a threat. Now, these things are going to trigger something. Look at what the trigger she says. So she says, these are the three stages, the predictable stages of the body, how it uses to respond to the stressors. Okay? These are called general adoption syndrome. Now, watch this. First thing that happens, I want you to write this down if you're writing. Number one is alarm. Number two is resistance. Number three is exhaustion. She, te she taught that the first reaction to stress it is recognized that there's a danger and prepares to deal with that threat. So the hypothalamic pituitary adrenaline axis, or the HPA, and the autonomic nervous system are activated. Your stress hormones come out, which are cortisol, adrenaline, and non-adrenaline. These things are released. Now, if you know a little bit about science, what else happens when you release cortisol into the body for an extended period of time. What else increases? Cortisol makes you what? Skinny or fat? Belly fat. Cortisol. Double chin, triple chin. This is not helpful, okay? Because your body is now giving off this stuff. Now can you imagine having adrenaline pumping through your body while you're sitting down. Nobody's chasing you. This is not godly. The Bible says, I, I, I learned this in Spanish, it said, huye el impío sin que nadie lo persigue, which means that, that the sinner is paranoid and runs with nobody chasing them. Nobody's chasing you, and you're running. That's what unjustified fear is about. This is not of God. God did not give us this for our body to be working on overtime even though nothing is chasing us. But you got people in the street with masks with nobody within 100 yards of them afraid of the air. Where people are clearly told that you, you have to stay six feet away from each other. Six feet. Not 30 yards, not 100 yards, six feet. Because it's in the droplets. But fear makes you do extra stuff. Walk around all day with a mask. And what they don't tell you is, because I, you know, working in construction, you notice, you can't wear that mask that second day, because that mask stink. You've been breathing all your nasty stuff into that mask. You hear what I'm saying? And guess what the problem is right now? 
you cannot buy another mask. So after they done went and nastied up this face mask, you, you might put alcohol one or two times, but then the material starts to degrade and the effectiveness of the mask goes away. So unless you need the mask, don't use the mask. You have to conserve it during this time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Doesn't this just make sense? But guess what happened when fear happens? Nothing makes sense because you're on. Nothing makes sense because when adrenaline hits, it's not the moment for you to figure things out. It's for you to move. Move out of the way and defend yourself. Amen? Number two is resistance. She said that homeostasis begins by restoring balance and a period of recovery for repair and renewal takes place. Stress hormones may return to normal, but there may be reduced defenses and adaptive energy left. So the science proves that while you are recovering, your defenses are low. Number three is exhaustion. At this phase, the stress has continued for some time, and the body's ability to resist is lost because of its adaptive energy supply being gone. And this is often referred to as overload, burnout, adrenaline fatigue, maladaptation, or dysfunction. Muller then outlined the potential consequences of fear on overall physical, emotional, environmental, and spiritual health. The potential effects of chronic fear on overall health, look at what she said it included. Immune system dysfunction, endocrine system dysfunction, autonomic nervous system alterations, sleep-wake cycle disruption, eating disorders, and alterations in the hypothalamus pituitary adrenaline system. That is what happens when you are stressed out and fearful longer than what you are supposed to. It means this is not about survival anymore. This is now gone into emotional. You are depending on this emotion to make moves you will make yourself sick. So it is possible that to not get COVID-19, but to drop your immune system and catch something else. Now, if I was a devil, and I knew this information, because this didn't come out 2020, this, is, this came out about three years ago. If I'm Satan, and I'm behind the powers of darkness, what do you think I'm gonna do? If my plan is to destroy mankind, what is the smartest thing for me to strategize right now? Mass confusion, mass fear, and a sleepy people. Sleepy people do not pay attention to what's coming. The apostle said you have to be alert. Pray and stay alert. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You cannot just have your mind go on, on sleeper mode and just believe that these things are going to be okay. Because that leads you into different. Look at what he says, your emotional, uh, emotional health. Disassociation from self. Unable to have loving feelings. Learned helplessness. Phobic anxiety. Mood swings. Obsessive compulsive thoughts. Have you gone through this? Can you identify with some of the things that she's talking about? And when it continues, watch this. Here's, here is uh, what else happens. 
afraid to leave home because of paranoia. You know, one of the things that you have to do to change that, you have to go outside. Hello, somebody. You have to open the blinds. Do not shut yourself in. Yes, we are practicing social distancing. We are practicing uh, uh, not going to work, staying away from each other. But no one said do not go outside. You have to match the reality by going outside and see that the trees are still here. That cars are still going back and forth in the street. That the street light still works. That the stop line is still there. That the wind is still blowing and the grass still moves. That the seasons are changing. Life will continue. But if you keep listening to negativity and listening to something with not, a, with, with not without paying attention, it will draw you into thinking, oh, my God, the world is falling apart. If you just listen to what's happening with the stock market and you listen to what happened with this, while one part of the world is nervous, the other part is extremely excited because they're about to buy all the stocks. They're buying stuff up like crazy because they know what nobody else is paying attention to. This too shall pass. Evil men believe that this too shall pass. Corrupt men believe that this is going to pass. People with tremendous evil intentions, bad leaders, tricksters, know this too shall pass. What a shame if the Christians don't believe that this too shall pass. What a shame that those of us who are supposed to lead in faith are letting evil men lead the faith by taking advantage. They're starting companies that will do face masks. They will start companies that will disinfect your house. They'll start companies that will start making medical equipment. They're starting it, but the children of faith are sitting there talking about, we don't know what we're going to do. We're just worried about this job. Is it possible that there's an opportunity in this for you? That the skills that you have can now increase? You can make something, you can do something, you can produce something. You don't have to sit there idle and go to sleep while everybody's trying to move and mobilize, them, mobilize themselves. So yes, there's going to be a rise in tricksters. There's going to be a rise in scam artists. You know how many people right now are preparing to launch websites to sell you masks that they don't have? Who will take your money and get your credit card first and send you nothing in the mail. And by the time you find out who it is, there is nobody there. They will have made hundreds of thousands of dollars on gullible people who didn't bother to do research, who thought they were getting a great deal. And those companies disappeared. By the time the FBI finds out who they are, they got so many fish to fry, millions of dollars will be lost in scams. Because evil men will rise up and take advantage. What a shame if the Christians, who are the people who are trained to be honest, trained to be loving, sit there and don't do anything. Because while one person is creating a scam, Another person can create a tremendous blessing. Am I right about it? Yes or no? So why don't we be the agents that create a blessing instead of sitting here, swallowing in fear, wondering what's going to happen. This too shall pass. If evil men can believe it, why don't the children of God then take advantage of this time instead of worrying so much about it if this is going to pass? How many of us have been praying, I wish I had more time with my family? 
I don't, I, don't have a reti- I, I don't have time to call my mama. I don't have time to talk to my dad. I don't have time to call my cousins. I don't have time for I'm so busy all the time. Now what? You've been sitting at home for two days. You didn't call nobody. We complain that when the window opens up, if you just focus on the fear, you will forget the opportunity. Look at the consequences, Dr. Moller writes, the consequences of chronic fear on spiritual health. Bitterness and fear toward God or others. Confusion and disgust with God or religion. Loss of trust in God and or clergy. Waiting for God to fix it. And despair related to perceived loss of spirituality. Lastly, she says, she explains that fear affects the ability to learn. The brain's capacity to retrieve previous learning is dependent on specific chemical states, said Moeller. Chemical alterations can distort perception of sensory information, thus distorting storage. So when the brain is hyper-aroused, storage may be incomplete and new information will be stored in nonverbal memory. This distorts the storage of sensory input and the retrieval information will be affected. Means you cannot learn something new. The information will go where it's supposed to. So this is why I tell people, when you're ministering to someone and the person is frantic and you try to preach the gospel, it won't stick. Because while you're telling them the truth, the lie is wrapping them. The fear and the anxiety is wrapping your mind. You can preach until, the, until you turn blue. The person is not listening. They're not listening because the fear has blocked their sensory perceptors. And you can keep talking, talking, talking. They're not listening. How many times have you been stressed out and people can tell you the solution and you're like, yeah, I don't know. You just, you, it, it, you, the revelation doesn't come. The thought doesn't come because in order for you to really learn, you have to be in a state of learning. In order for you to receive an answer, you have to be in a state where you're ready to receive an answer. And that's why the method of Jesus, when he told his disciples to go out to the world to preach, he said, I want you to go to every house. I want you to find problems and I want you to heal. Then once you heal, then share the gospel. Why did Jesus tell him to do it in the book of Luke? Because he understood that a person who's sick, fearful, and full of anxiety doesn't listen. So he told them, I want you to go and fix the problem. Then I want you to spread the gospel. Because Jesus knew how people work. Now we're finding out how we work. That you don't get revelation when you are bugging out. I don't get revelation when I'm bugging out. That's why when I pray, I have to sit first. I have to meditate on the things that I have and then be grateful. Then once I I gather the spirit of gratefulness and I'm reminded of all the things that are great and powerful, then I feel the spirit because he's the God of peace. He's the God of love. He is love. That's what we learn from the Bible. God is love. Fear and love have a trouble in, in mixing together. Why? Because of what we just read. 
Perfect love cast out fear. So when I let the perfect love of Christ overwhelm me, fear cannot be existing at the same time. So if you're at home, I want to challenge you today to worship God, to open your mind and your, your ear and all of your senses to receive what the Lord is saying to you, not just sit there as a victim. I'm stuck at home. I suck at this. Look at all the things that you can do. Number one, if you're a parent, focus on your family. If you're a dad and you're always going to work and now you cannot go to work, do not look at this as a negative time. Number one, your family will pick up on the fact that you don't want to be there. And you might say, well, that's the pastor, that's not what it is. I'm just anxious about money. The Bible said be anxious for nothing, but everything in prayer and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Amen? So pray for what's happening. You don't know what other breakthroughs are coming down the line because we depend on the favor of God. And the favor of God is so strong that even if you don't have money, favor will do what money cannot do. And you might not be able to go to work and get money, but you can't call on the favor of God, which is better than money. Pray for your government officials. Pray that they would come out with solutions for unemployment. Pray that there would be credit freezes, that perhaps you're going to be late on your mortgage. But if there's an opportunity that you'll have a chance to make up for it without getting your credit ruined, perhaps that's a, just as good as paying the mortgage on time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Pray for the, so, so we, it's not hopeless. We just have to be creative. But we have to come together as a Christian community and pray for these things and push Congress to do the things that are going to be beneficial, not just for the Christian, but for the citizens all around the country. How many say amen to that? And I believe that is our responsibility, our responsibility to do. That's what I'm praying. I'm praying, Lord, help us so we come out with a plan that for those families who cannot go to work, that, that we, would, we would find in the surplus and find in the ways that we always fix problems because we're so able to bail out billion-dollar companies, but we never bail out average Joe. Why is it that there's always money to bail out a big bank who takes our own money and borrow it and lend it back to us at, a, at an interest rate? Nobody ever questions that. Where does the Fed get the money to pay? The banks. So the banks can lend us the money. It's our money. They're lending us our collective money back. Because the government doesn't produce. We produce and it taxes. We produce and it gets fees. We trade, companies trade, and they get fees off of that trade. Fees and fees and taxes and fees and taxes and fees. And we all go about it. But hey, maybe out of all of that that keeps our roads and our infrastructure going, maybe this week we stop building a road and we put food on tables. Maybe we stop giving bonuses and make sure that we don't starve. Maybe, maybe, maybe we just stop for a second. Maybe, maybe let's not go to Mars this year. Right? Maybe that. Maybe let's not go to Mars. Maybe, maybe let's not build that extra bridge because there's no traffic right now. So how about we take that money and we make sure that we don't die. Make sure that we don't lose our homes. Make sure that, that we don't fall into anxiety and disrupt ourselves as a nation because of fear. 
Is that an idea or what? We have what it takes to do what we have to do. They can waive insurance premiums for this crisis. They can, trust me, we can do it. But not if we sleep. You cannot sleep as a Christian. This is not the time for the believer to go to sleep. This is time for the believer to wake up and start to pray solutions and come into agreement. You have congressmen and congresswomen who are will, willing and ready to make the move. But if we don't support them in prayer and we don't come into agreement for these solutions, they won't have the guts to get it together. All it takes is one negative person to ruin the whole thing. This can't happen. We can't do this. All it takes is one, one negative media source to kill programs that are going to help everybody. And that's natural. That's why as believers, we have to push back. We have to push back. No, we don't need to create a system of dependency forever. But this is an emergency. An emergency where the problem is going to be bigger than the real problem. The real problem is COVID-19. But the subsequent problem is fear, anxiety, and stress. We cannot just treat one thing and forget about the thing that's actually going to kill us. Because while they're saying 20, 30, 40, 50, 100,000 million people are going to get infected, how many more hundreds of millions are going to get infected by fear, panic, doubt, worry, poverty? That's the real enemy. The enemy that this country has been trying to fight since we ran from religious oppression. Our founding fathers fought so we can have freedom, so we don't have to be in a place where we are fearful, where we have the distraction of anxiety. We can be free in this country. And our freedom is under attack because if I'm oppressed by fear, am I free? But that's not what Jesus said about us. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. So today I want to challenge you to act free. I want you to be free. Go outside, take care of your family. Men, brothers, be home with your children and let them know that you enjoy being there with them. Let them know, listen, dad's home, you're home, you ain't going to school, I'm going to make breakfast today. I want you to do a couple assignments, I'm going to watch TV with you. Maybe we'll go out to the backyard and we'll throw, we'll throw a ball around or something like that. And, and interact so that your children don't forget that even in a crisis, good things can happen. That even in a lockdown, we can get together. That this is not the end. Your children will be shaped by the things that you do during this time. This might last another month, another two, another three months. They will be shaped forever. The time that they remembered that they had two summers <laughs> off. <laughs> Where was my dad? Where was my mom? Did my aunt call? Did my uncle call? Was everybody depressed? Was everybody anxious? And they're going to develop their coping mechanisms based on what they see in their house today. They're going to remember where you put, whether you put Pastor Ralph on the TV or not. They're going to remember whether Pastor Ralph was preaching doom, or groom, doom and gloom or opportunity and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. These are the moments that are going to remember these things. And I hope that you play team with us here at the church so we can all get through this together because this is going to pass. But the word of the Lord ain't going nowhere. Amen?
I want to have an opportunity to pray with you. If, you're, if you just logged online or you've been watching and you don't go to the house of worship and you don't go to church at all, maybe you're saying, man, I really wish I could go to church. And unfortunately, churches, the buildings are closed, but the church is not closed. The church will never be closed. Buildings are just buildings. They don't become churches until the church comes into the building. Then it's a church. But the church is spiritual. The connection of the body of Christ, you can have that today. And if you join the body of Christ, you're also going to be joining the prayers of the saints. That when we pray for the saints, you are involved in that prayer. So I want to invite you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior over your life today. I, w- I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I accept you into my life. I believe that you are my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I want to learn from you. I want to be loved by you. And I want to serve you. Open my heart so that my life will be changed. And I'll never be the same again. From this day forward, I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer of faith, I believe, uh, there's, I can't see that. Oh, <laughs> you can forget about sending me a sign. I can't see nothing unless it's like right here. Listen, this is, what, this is the second thing. You're already a believer. I want to pray this prayer with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, to consider the believers this moment. Look at our families who joined online. We're all in church together because you've told us where there are two or three gathered in your name, you will be there in the midst of them. And we are praying right now, Lord God, that you are in the midst. We know, Lord God, that you're about to do something special in our lives. Move, Lord God, in the spirit. Touch every home that is connected to this broadcast. Touch every life, every, everyone that is under the sound of my voice. Blessings and not curses. Healing and not sickness. Come to the believer right now in the name of Jesus. To every hospital bed, to every fever, I speak to you now. Release in the name of Jesus. You have no place in the house of God. You have no place in the kingdom of God, and you have no place in the believer. I cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. For by his stripes we are healed. The chastisement of our peace, it already fell upon him, and it is paid for. And it is our right as believers to come against sickness in the name of the Lord. It is the right of the believer to come against it and to claim healing in Jesus' name but not if we don't have faith. So let us have faith, Lord God. Help us, even in our unbelief, to call about the power of God in our situation, our circumstance. We have the victory in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, for Christians that have contracted the coronavirus to start giving testimonies of healing. Start giving testimonies of this is not the end. Start giving testimonies to bring about, Lord God, restoration, change, and faith, and inspiration to the rest of the church. 
We thank you, Lord God, for these things. We bless you and we love you, Lord. Father, we continue. We lift up the prayer, Lord God, of our brother Alex. Deacon Alex, Lord God, who's in the hospital right now. We pray for him, Lord God, that he may be healed. We pray, Lord God, that he may not just be healed, but I know, Lord God, if there's anybody that can be in a hospital and turn that thing around, it's Deacon Alex. We pray, Lord God, that you may use him as an inside man. Give him the words, Lord God, to bring inspiration to doctors, nurses, patients, janitors, everybody around, Lord God. As we got a man on the inside, affect change, oh God, in that place. We come into agreement, Lord God, for all the believers, oh God, that are in hospital right now. Open their mouth and start to proclaim the power of God all over the place. Until healing starts to break out. Until testimonies, until joy and worship and song starts to break out from hospital beds. In the name of Jesus, let the anointing flow. Let the power of God flow. Let every house, Lord God, be in, be in the love, not in the fear. Let every house, Lord God, be joined together. And let what you have put together, let no one break apart. And we will never, Lord God, lose our faith because you are with us. And we pray, Lord God, these things in Jesus' name. If you believe that this is a blessing, we want you to go ahead and help us to continue this. We want you to log on again on Thursday night. At 7.30, we're going to be live, and we want to bring the word of God with you. Help us to stay on and help us to do what we have to do. Uh, you can help us by uh, donating. You can use PayPal. Uh, you can also use text to give and that is through text how NJ to 77977. And you can uh, text that. You can set up a recurring gift or a one-time gift, and that is for tithes and offerings. And that's going to be our new platform. For those that are already in the church and you continue using the, the, uh, the PayPal, you continue to do that as well. But those are the only two ways that we can receive uh, gifts right now. While we, are, um, while we are gone, we will continue to maintain the sanctuary, do our touch-up paint, disinfect everything, repair some little things that we can't because we have to shut it down for two, three weeks. Those projects are going to start going underway now. We will continue to advance in our technology so we can make a smoother transition uh, so that you can have a more enjoyable time as you watch us online. So God bless you. Let the spirit of the Lord be with you. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your family. And I'll see you Thursday night at 730. God bless everybody. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.